It's officially time to hit that panic button, Cardinals fans. What's going what? on? We are live from Radio Row. Of course, all cities, PHN, PHNX Sports coverage continues here from Radio Row. Of course, we're brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app, the anti-Arizona Cardinals, who are not number one in anybody's hearts. And it's down to two. Bo Brock, Saul Bookman, PHNX Cardinals, Johnny Venerable off today. He's probably in the chat or he's probably in the fetal position at his home <laughs> just trying to figure out what the hell is going on with this organization that continually takes misstep after misstep in their coaching search. I, you know, I don't think it's a misstep. I well, don't. Let's fill people in if they don't know what's going on. So Brian Flores, who was part of the trio of finalists. We'll see. We're going to hear from Ian Rappaport later today about the Arizona Cardinals coaching search and, of course, Arizona Cardinals pass rusher Victor Dumacagey. We've got a ton to get into today. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, but Brian Flores accepted the def defensive coordinator position with the Minnesota Vikings just a few minutes ago, according to all the NFL insiders. He's going to many. He wants to tie, hitch his wagon to Kirk Cousins instead of Kyler Murray. <laughs> and then there were two, Mike Kaff the offensive coordinator for the New York Giants, and Lou Amaruno, the defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals. He interviews Friday. Then there were two. After all of this, after Monty Austin-Fort's dozen, these are the two left remaining. But let's talk about Flores because a polarizing figure, no doubt about it. Obviously, things soured in South Beach with the Miami Dolphins. People thought there were too many red flags with him. Mm -hmm. You know, how is he going to deal with Kyler? It seemed like he could be Kyler Murray's worst nightmare. Now we don't even have to worry about that. No, yeah. Good, good luck trying to coach Patrick Peterson off those go routes. <laughs> Fuck all that. Like, for real. Like, hey, listen, it, it, this is I, – I, I know everybody wants to take the approach that every single coach that turns the Cardinals down means that the Cardinals organization is kind of in disarray or what have you. Fine, whatever. That could be the perspective you want. I choose to look at it a different way. You're just not up to the challenge of being a quality head coach in the NFL. You're not able to overcome some of the obstacles that some of these you know, franchises that are struggling mm -hmm. have to overcome. And you ha if you're a good coach, you will be able to overcome it. Not every coach was handed a gift. Look right. at look at uh, in Cincinnati. It wasn't the perfect situation, right? But you got Joe Burrow. You started building some pieces around it. You designed an offense that suited your your the the potential of your team. And now they got to the Super Bowl last year or this year. They get to the AFC Championship. Like good coaches can overcome some of the bad things that that their organization are saddled with. Right. And if you're not a good enough coach. Then F it. Right. Go somewhere I mean, else. Th there's a fine line between wait waiting for the perfect situation, which rarely ever comes when you're looking to be one of 32 yeah. on the planet, and then also just trying to go to the right situation, right? Uh, and and if, you if you feel like you are worth uh, a lick worth as a head coach and you look at Kyler Murray or you just look at the Arizona Cardinals as a whole and you say, hey, I want to have – Miami Dolphins 2.0 by going to the Cardinals. I, I still I, I don't understand it. And I'm trying to figure out as we kind of learn this this information just recently about Flores taking the DC job with the Vikings, is like, who's to blame? Are you looking at Flores the candidate himself, first of all? Are you looking at Michael Bidwell and the Cardinals organization and the perception and how they've dragged this thing out longer than almost almost unprecedented length of time? Or do you look at the quarterback? Do you look at Kyler Murray, who's been in the headlines as maybe a uh, someone that they're pointing fingers to as why this coaching vo vacancy hasn't been filled. I, I, I don't look at Kyler. I certainly don't look at Kyler. Yeah. I know that's the that's the rumor out there is that a lot of these these coaches are scared of Kyler. They, and, and let's just say what it is. They're scared of Kyler. They're they're absolutely terrified of Kyler. If mm. if this is true, if right. Kyler is really the reason why a lot of these coaches are being persuaded to not take this job, you're letting a 25 year old quarterback mm -hmm. dictate how things are going to get run in your organization. Really, you don't have the power to overcome that. Then go away. You're too right. weak. You're too weak. And I don't disagree with that. I think that if if you, you obviously Kyler Murray comes with his own set of challenges, no doubt about it. I, I don't think anybody is ignorant to that. I think that it's there were some bad habits that were enabled by the previous regime, including Cliff Kingsbury, mainly Cliff Kingsbury, kind of letting Kyler Murray continue to kind of be the guy that he was in high school, where he was one of the best high school quarterbacks, if not the best in Texas uh, history. 
Oklahoma. He plays one year. He wins the Heisman Trophy. He was a baller on the diamond on the baseball field. He was drafted in the top ten there. But the NFL is a different animal, right? And you have to eat some humble pie. You have to be able to adjust. You have to study. You have to be just kind of you, – you can't take anything for granted. You can't be lackadaisical. And I feel like Cliff was a player's coach to the fault and the ultimate player's coach to Kyler Murray. And now you look at it and, you know, maybe Brian Flores didn't want to wait any longer on the Cardinals, even though he had reportedly set up a second interview. Yeah. But it just didn't seem like, hey, this isn't for me. Liz, I, I'm fine with that. Listen, if Brian Flores got here and, and decided that, you know what, this D.C. gig was too good to pass up right. in the short term to wait for this opportunity down the road here in the next couple of days and possibly not get it, then I'm cool with that. That's fine. If you, you, just, you just felt like you couldn't pass up a great opportunity, that's fine. I'm cool with that. But, again, we're talking about a quarterback, and I feel like everybody is so short-sighted about this. We're talking about a quarterback that has elevated his play every single year and really all the way up until that Green Bay game when they were undefeated mm -hmm. and he throws the, the pass Oh, the he corner. was dealing that he drive, was, too. He, he was phenomenal, yeah. like, and he was phenomenal up until that point. And then things kind of got uh, went away from him. The injuries kind of took over, mm -hmm. and then obviously we saw this year was a, a, a setback. Yeah. But I, I think that Kyler Murray still exists. Exists. And if you have a good enough coach that can actually make some solid play calls instead of screen passes every other damn play, <laughs> then you're going to get somewhere. Right. And and so like I, I listen, uh, Brian Flores had his opportunity, and this right. is something that you know in the Steve Wilkes lawsuit, Brian Flores basically felt like that you know black coaches were getting scapegoated. He had an opportunity to be the, come the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, and he decided right now to opt out and go somewhere else, yep. and that's fine. I'm cool with that because he did get the opportunity to interview, and I think that was the biggest gripe in, in the first place. There's two other candidates, though. Mm -hmm. There's two other candidates as we speak right now, and I w I'm going to tell you right now, and I, and I know we, we've got our boy Rap Sheet coming up. Um, I would not be surprised if because of the way they have slow played this so far, why not wait? Why not wait and then talk to some of these these candidates from the Eagles or the Chiefs that maybe deserve an opportunity to, to, to get spoken to as well? I wouldn't mind that because when I'm looking at the, the candidates that are left and that are getting second interviews as far as inspiring the hope for the Arizona Cardinals organization, like it's gonna you're gonna have they're gonna have to earn that because I, I like what Lou Amaruno's done with the Cincinnati Bengals defense and obviously doing more with less and mm -hmm. not getting a, a, enough of the, uh, of the shine from their last two seasons, right? The Super Bowl appearance, AFC championship appearance. Uh, I'll tell you this. one he, thing. He made Eli Apple decent. He did. No, I, I mean, it was like, <laughs> it was like a handful of cast-off cornerbacks yep. that were balling out and playing at a high level and, and make, you know, their front seven. You don't see anybody on their front seven that's really worth a lick at, and they're balling out. They're shutting teams down in the second half. They're they're holding, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the referees basically having to get them in a position to win that game. I'll say this one last thing about Brian Flores before we really get into and, and kind of examine these last two candidates and maybe add some hopefully on the back end post-Super Bowl and, and hear what Aaron Rappaport has to say. But uh, Kwesi... Uh, uh, Adolfo, Adolfo Mensa. Thank you, Saul. The GM <laughs> of the Minnesota Vikings was hanging out with Brian Flores the entire time in Mobile, Alabama. Chilling. If that was not the, you know, all signs pointing to Brian Flores being the next DC there, uh, the only thing that kind of gave me hope, false hope, was the the report that Flores was going to meet with him on Wednesday, which came down yesterday afternoon. That was short lived. Yeah, anytime you can break bread at Dreamland Barbecue, uh, <laughs> you know it's a done deal. And so, hey, listen, I, right. I, I, again, I'm okay if he felt like this was the best fit for me. And sometimes, sometimes we all in our professions uh, take uh, take a, an opportunity somewhere that might not be able, that might not on paper be as glorified as another, mm -hmm. but it's the best fit for you. And so, I'm cool with that. It just. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not cool with the Arizona Cardinals getting crapped on because other candidates are turning down a position within the organization for whatever the, the reason may be. Good coaches and good leaders mm -hmm. turn around programs. That's what they do. They build programs around themselves. Now, if Michael Bidwell is the one that's in, 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 in charge and in the way, I can see that being a little bit of a conflict, and that's the only argument I could see. That's mm -hmm. the only one because Kyler or Vance Joseph or whoever you might be saddled with, you should be good enough to overcome it.
I don't care what right. who you are. You 32 should, positions. No doubt about you it. you got to take one. You need to have that confidence. In, in my opinion, it's, it's like you got to have that confidence on the field that nobody's better than you. And as far as, as the head coach, like nobody's going to out-scheme me. Nobody's going to inspire their, their players like I can do. It like this at all situations like this past season, you have like especially with what went down with the Cardinals and they had so much dysfunction and so many issues coming on and off the field. If you can't, if you're not prepared to deal with that and you want the perfect situation, look, I, I you know this in any profession, you're never going to find the perfect situation. No, you're no. not. You're just going to have to deal with some red flags and deal with it as best as possible. So Brian Flores is out. We got an update though today. This was before. We uh, got the news about Brian Flores, but we caught up with the best NFL insider there is in Rappaport out here at Radio Row. Here's what Rap Sheet had to say about the Cards coaching search. They're still kind of in the middle of things today, you know, so we got, we got three second interviews this week. Um, they have been slow. They have been methodical. Them and the Colts, I think, are in no rush to hire anyone, which if, neither, if nobody's hiring anyone, then you don't need to rush against someone. Um, I think the three candidates they have left are pretty good. Let me no. ask you this. Do you think that they hire someone before Super Bowl Sunday? I don't see why you would. No. You know, I mean, if you know for sure. But they, the other thing is, like, the, not that anything is more important than finding a right coach for Michael Bidwell, but he's going to be all over the place this week. We've got a lot of responsibilities. He's basically hosting. Like, if you're an owner, can you, can you take all that time that's needed to make the most important decision for your franchise while doing a lot of other things? Like, you know, no one's going anywhere. So, like, I would like, personally, would like all these coaching searches to be open. <laughs> nice. uh, that would be better for me. Right. But I just don't know that there's that much urgency because the only thing that matters is getting it right and having the time to get it right. All work, no play this week for you? Uh, be a little bit. You getting out on the golf course yet? No golf. No, oh, man. No, no. Very upsetting. I've, I was asked to a couple of things. I want to go visit the PXG Center probably yeah. later in the week. Um, my window would have been yesterday. I just got in too late. There you have it from Rap Sheet. Couple interesting notes saying all that matters is if you find the right guy. Yeah. Right? No doubt about it. I mean, you, you can point to the Bruce Arians hiring. I feel like that's kind of an exception to the rule. I hope that's not what Michael Bidwell's doing. I'm concerned that Ian Rappaport's saying, hey, Michael Bidwell's focus this week is. Super Bowl host and that he's going to be doing all these different things and he can't focus on this coaching hire. I just, I, you know, he told us in the, in the press conference on Black Monday when he fired Cliff Kingsbury and announced the resignation of Steve Kime that he wanted to hire and put people in place and empower them and delegate the football operations thing, stuff to the football operations guy. Mm -hmm. So why isn't Monty Austinfort in a position then if Bidwell's going out there and shaking hands and kissing babies to make the hiring? How do you know he's not? Well, I hope so. I mean, from what Rapsheet said is like he wants to be privy to what's going on at the team facility while he's doing all the doing the rounds at the Super Bowl. Hey, yeah, uh huh. Okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. But that's cool. why yeah, he said yeah, that there's that. no if sense you're good with that, I'm good with that. Like, I mean, that's it. That's right. it. Like, it's a phone call. Like, you got to trust Monty. Otherwise, you shouldn't have hired him in the right. first place, right? And Monty's going to want to hire his own guys because he's the one that's ultimately going to have to answer for that guy, right? Um, I and so I, I think. Listen, I, I'm okay with them being methodical about this process because last time it took two weeks and they hired Cliff Kingsbury, okay? And now we're in this position where, you know, a, a whole slew of things are wrong with this organization. It's got to get cleaned up. They got to get somebody that has some structure, some balance, and really has a plan for how to develop players at a high level, both offensively and defensively. I don't care what side of the ball they're coming from, whether they're the OC or the DC. And we got each one of those candidates still left. So I, I want them to methodically go about this process. Right now, <laughs> what's the point now? You might as well go ahead and just take your time because <laughs> you making the hire this this week isn't going to do anything either. Like, there's just so much going on. What do you want? The only reason why you make them a hire is so they can come here and be with us today or this week. Right. That's the only reason. Other than that, take your time. Take your time. Well, it, it gives you a little, uh, I don't know, you feel a little bit more comfortable that your favorite team has direction. They've got their leader, and right now it just feels like it, it feels just complete disarray. Let's check out our super chat. Pick and spreads. Thank you so much for the 199 super chat. Saying Kafka and Lou either way works. I do prefer Kafka though, and I've seen that pick and spreads has maintained that uh, for a long time. Um, that he, he is a big 
Kafka guy. Uh, this is from Johnny Venerable via Addy, Albert Breer on Twitter saying, New Vikings defensive coordinator Brian Flores called the Cardinals to tell them he was taking the Minnesota job and withdrawing from the search per source, and he was set to have that second interview on Wednesday. So now it's Kafka in D.C. from the Bengals, Lou Anarumo. So, you know, and it goes back, I tweeted this out, it's like the Arizona Cardinals talked to Brian Flores two weeks from today. It was, it was two weeks ago. And it's like they fucked around too much. And yeah. then they found out that Brian Flores was fed up. And he's yeah. like, look, i got to make a decision. i got to make a decision if I'm going up to Minneapolis and coaching uh, the Vikings defense or, you know, whatever opportunities. He's got an interview or was supposed to have an interview with Denver tomorrow. And he decided, no, I want to – he's tight with the GM. He likes what Minnesota's doing. they got some pieces there. And he wants to just get on with his life. And I, I'm okay with that. Again, right. like we, we could pound this uh, all day. But I, I'm, I'm saying I'm okay with him taking matters into his own hands. Coaches do like to, get, to control things. Right. Uh, and Brian Flores is no different. A again, for the Arizona Cardinals, the biggest thing is making sure you get this right or as right as you possibly can. You don't want to get into a situation where three or four years later you're still in the same position again. So you might as well really carefully vet these guys. you got a young guy in Mike Kafka who is, you know, obviously chomping at the bit. It seems like he's really interested in this job. Uh, and then Lou Anarumo. So take your time. Make sure you vet both of them and, and pick the right one. And that's not even to say, obviously, what could happen next week after this Super Bowl that we're here at. What are your thoughts, though, with, with Kafka being a new, like, very similar to Cliff Kingsbury? And I know people feel like that's unfair to compare him to Cliff Kingsbury. But he has zero head coaching experience. Um, he's coming in. He's one of the up-and-coming, like, hot coordinators, especially on the offensive side of the football. You are just going to put your franchise right back into a very unproven commodity. Well, he's more proven than, than Cliff Kingsbury was when he got here. <laughs> I mean, Because so? he shined up that shit turd of a Giants <laughs> offense to get them to the right. playoffs Right, it wasn't that year. shiny of a turd at it that point. He was very He was very mid still as a quarterback. But, but they still got to the playoffs <laughs> with some mid players. But it was they, Brian Dable, There's too. not one all-pro on that offense at all outside of Saquon. Right. And that was enough, right? And they, they, they had some decent guys on the line, right? Some defense offensive linemen. So it wasn't even Danny Dimes that was legitimately the reason they got there. He just didn't fuck it up as far as being the quarterback in that team. That's that, not, Dude, no. It's more than that. He was able to put them in positions to get the most out of what they had. He and the most was 16 tutties. Every tutties. blood drop <laughs> out of that stone, I swear. So I'm okay with Kafka taking this. It's better than somebody getting housed by fucking USC or, you know, TCU right. on a random Thursday night. Going 35 and 40 in the Big, in the Big 12. 12 with yeah. Patrick Mahomes as yeah. the quarterback. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, you know I mean? maybe a level up. But, I mean, and then you got Anarumo, very impressive in Cincinnati, 57 years old. He's not yeah. the young up-and-comer. A lot of people like to say, hey, this is the Bruce Arians, you know, the guy that's been waiting for his chance. I, you know, I Maybe. don't know. I it's, mean, his time in Miami was was kind of a mixed bag of results right. as a defensive backs coach. So, I, I don't know. I, I listen. I don't think we really know about any of these guys. Once you're, it's different when you're put in charge of something, mm -hmm. you know, completely. And so, to me, I'd rather have the younger guy. But and I know everybody's a little apprehensive about that because we just had a young guy and he completely flamed out. <laughs> so, but from what I hear, you know, everybody wants that next Sean McVay. Yeah. And you're hoping that Kafka will be that guy. I don't know if he will be. I don't know how Lou Anarumo is going to be. You know, he might not be the next Bruce Arians. He might just be a retread or an old tread that right. skids you off the road. I, I just I, I have a little bit more confidence in Anarumo to match wits with the gauntlet that is NFC West coaches, though. I mean, when you're, when you're pitting guys, Mike Kafka, is, is he going to match wits with Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, and Pete Carroll? Every other week, you know, I, I think Anna Rumo has a track record of going head to head with Andy Reid, coming out on top in most of those matchups. Um, you know, obviously the AFC North is a stacked division. Um, so I, I give the slight edge to Anna Rumo there. I, I would agree with you there. And the reason why I would agree with you there is because he has shown that, listen, he was solely responsible for the defense in Cincinnati. Mm. It, it, it wasn't the head coach. And so uh, being having everything kind of fall on you, kind of like what Vance Joseph was for the Cardinals, um, and to be able to excel against some top-tier quarterbacks in the NFL, you just beat Buffalo. 
pretty easily, might I add, and held them to 10 points in Buffalo. Yep. And then you follow it up with a good performance against Patrick Mahomes uh, in, and, the, and the referees. Like, you, <laughs> you got to give him credit for that. So I would say yes. Uh, I, you know, it, to me, it's, it's a toss-up because you're, you're looking at potential versus actual results. But, hey. If you were looking at the DraftKings Sportsbook app a couple weeks ago, you were not even getting even oh, money man. on Brian Flores. You, Damn it. You had a couple I of I just realized that right You now. were in on Quinn, right? And that looked like it was going to be pretty good. He got his second interview right after their Zoom meeting the pre couple days, and then he said, now nah, I'm going back to be the there's, – there's now two candidates that Damn have said – Thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to be a coordinator for a little bit longer. That, that's a little deflating. But regardless, you can continue to get odds uh, on the Super Bowl. you got some prop bets that are coming out that you're not going to want to miss out on. And the best place to do it this week as we lead you up to the big game here from Radio Row is the DraftKings Sportsbook app. you got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code, you guessed it, PHNX. New customers. What do we got? Brian Flores. Uh, you had him at plus 350. That damn. would have been a nice one to cash there, Saul. New customers, though, can bet $5 on the Super Bowl 57 and get $200 in free bets instantly only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app uh, with the code PHNX. PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply void in Ohio. See the show notes for the details. Uh, also, got to tell you about Four Peaks. Our friends from CHGO DNVR are in town, and they're talking about their favorite breweries, their uh, their partnership with their breweries. And I'm like, you ain't got nothing, nothing. on our friends at Four Peaks. Nothing. It's unmatched. You got we got to send them out there to H Street in Tempe, and also you know they're going to be there in their at their before their gate leaving town at the Four Peaks in the airport. That's where Shannon and I were hanging out, uh, drinking a couple beers before the. Before the Senior Bowl, we're going to be in the airport again for the Combine coming up, and we're going to enjoy Four Peaks beverages there. It's the perfect drink for your Super Bowl party coming up this weekend. You want to hang out, impress your 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 party guests with the best beer in town, get Four Peaks, Kilt Lifter. Of course, you got the Wow Wheat. you got Sun Brew. Can't go wrong with anything. And if you're out there... IPA, That's baby. right. Their new pro, their new uh, drinks out there. Dank IPA, Staycation, Super Juicy IPA for those who are just IPA heads. Absolutely enjoy that. Can't go uh, wrong with having something super juicy. No. No, you can't. That's Those are facts. And <laughs> best place to do it, Four Peaks. Also get it, take advantage of their bourbon barrel beers out there. They are so smooth, and you can only get them at their 8th Street location. Got to be 21 years or older enjoy the beer, but you don't have to and be enjoying the vibes and the food. Check them out, 8th Street in Tempe, Four Peaks. All right, PHNX Cardinals continues. Bo Brock, Saul Bookman. Floor is out. We're going to talk to Victor Dumakeji, the Cardinals pass rusher, who, who I talked to earlier today at Super Bowl Radio Row. we got great content coming your way all week. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I've seen a couple comments today, uh, one from Buda Baker, and we'll get into those later, but A.J. Green retired. He called it a career. And you, I think a lot of people, especially after he didn't turn around in the end zone on a Kyler Murray pass against the Packers, became kind of a four-letter word here. But he had a, you know, a decent first year for the Cardinals, looked pretty washed his second season, had just over 1,000 yards receiving as an Arizona Cardinal in two seasons. Uh, but when you look back at his career, I mean, this guy's in a serious conversation to be a Hall of Fame wide receiver. He is. He is. Um, was never able to really come through with big playoff performances. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing that if he does get held out, it would be because of that. Yeah. He didn't really do it on a big stage at all. He was he, he just kind of, you know, toiled around in, in Cincinnati basically in mediocrity uh, his whole time here. One yeah. of the best receivers in the game at, at, at certain points for sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, what kind of impact did you make? not only on your organization, but in the history of the game. Can you look and think of the greatest wide receivers of all time and say A.J. Green is one of them? You could probably make an argument against it or for it. I so, think you can make more of a case like fantasy football Hall of Fame. Like he was sure. a stud. Like you yeah. could rely on him year in and year out. But to your point, that just reminded me. I mean, like was it Marvin Lewis's Bengals squads that weren't they like 0-5 in the playoffs? Yeah, they were terrible. Like they would win sometimes in the AFC North, and yeah. they would win a lot more than Bengals teams. And then, then they would get beat in the playoffs, right? Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, th that's a great point. 70 touchdowns, including the final one of his career in the Cardinals season finale. Uh, great, you know, um, what, do you, what do you call it? Trivia question. Who threw it? David Blau on a flea flicker to A.J. Green in the finale. <laughs> 77 yards for a touchdown. Oh, and, and that was it. That was the exclamation point. That was probably the highlight of the A.J. Green He was part of that era. 2011. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? No, he made some plays last year in 2021. Give me one play off the top of your head that was phenomenal. A big 40-yard touchdown catch from Kyler Murray in L.A. set the tone for that game. Okay. All right. I, th I think that well, that okay. was that ass kicking, you know, the first one for Cliff and Kyler against McVeigh in Los Angeles, okay. and that was a big play in that game. Yeah, uh, 850 yards last year, three touchdowns. This past season, just over 200 yards, just w looked washed. It was just time. But that 2011 draft was absolutely stacked. You had JJ, you had AJ Green, you had uh, you had Patrick Peterson. Just unbelievable draft class. Uh, but to see, uh, I think it was Field Yates who tweeted out. Because AJ did this on Instagram. So Twitter picked off his Instagram post. And Field Yates of ESPN posted this. And then J uh, Jason McIntyre of the Colin Cowherd Show, who is so against the Arizona Cardinals, the organization, he said, <laughs> in the replies, an absolute wild take from J-Mac, another player bailing on Arizona, nobody can deal with Kyler. Like, we Dude, have reached new heights bro. of stupidity as far as the Kyler slander. Yo, listen, I, I feel like I'm about to jump on this train where, like, I just want to go against the resistance. <laughs> like, it can't always all be Kyler. I'm sorry. Right. Like, I've... I've come across toxic individuals in my lifetime, and I just refuse to believe. Don't Kyler talk about Murray. Johnny Venerable like that. He's not here to defend himself. <laughs> I, I refuse to believe that Kyler Murray is so bad that he's causing dudes to retire. Right. Like, no, A.J. Green is washed. That's right. why he retired. Yes. He caught 200 yards worth of passes this right. year. That's why he's retired. It's not because of Kyler. Stop. I'm going to pull a Johnny V here and say, with all due respect, A.J. Green was washed this season. He just he couldn't put together a, you know, a solid game at all. He couldn't get open. It, it's unfortunate, but 34 years old. Look, the NFL retires, guys. That's what happened here. Yeah. The NFL retired guys. It wasn't Kyler Murray. And I do want to push back on this. I think that is a, it's, a, it's a false narrative that if you go into the Car Cardinals locker room that there are going to be players. Sure, I'm sure off the record they would tell you things like that they don't like about Kyler Murray that you, like, you probably would say about your own coworkers. He's not the perfect colleague, but at the same token, he's not this guy that's a cancer in the locker room. I just don't get that. When I've been, and I've been in that locker room. I've been there after big losses where you, know, you could maybe put the blame on Kyler. I've been there after practice when things were tough and nobody was sitting there and ready to blame the quarterback. Yeah, I, I just there's, there's so many superstars over the course and the history of this league that have been hard to work with. Mm -hmm. And coaches have found ways to work with those guys. So you're going to sit there and tell me that Kyler is just this you know, abnormal presence in the locker room that right. he just – it just doesn't make any sense. Like it, people are just – they're trying to glorify the toxicity of Kyler Murray in order to make a point as to why the Cardinals are not as good as they should be. Mm -hmm. When really organizationally, from top to bottom, there was a lot of flaws. Defensively, flaws from top to bottom in, in terms of development all the way across the board. Offensively, the play calls, every other play is a screen pass, it felt like. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, just ridiculous fourth down calls time after time again. Like, it, it wasn't an efficient offense by any statistical measure whatsoever. And it's not just on Kyler. How many times do we hear other coaches, Sean Payton including, mm -hmm. talk about the need to be under center to establish the run game? But every fucking game, <laughs> Kyler Murray's in the shotgun because that's the way Clapping. they did it yep. in Texas. That's mm -hmm. the way they did it in Oklahoma. And that's the way Cliff likes to call the game. Well, guess what? It's a flaw in your system and you got to fix that. And, and Cliff never did that. So I refuse to believe that this is always just on Kyler. A good coach is going to find a way to get the most out of his players. Right. And sometimes, and not every single person, and, and I love all my pizza PHNX, mm. but not you can't treat everybody the exact same way because you won't get the results all the way across the board that you want. You got to figure out what people are all about, and you got to and you got to tap into those things that they really desire and want to be, and then get the most out of them that way. If you're not about that life, don't be a fucking coach. 
You're, you're saying find Kyler's love language, right? Is that what you're telling yes. me? You got to speak Kyler yes. Murray's love language. Hell yeah. I see Arizona Animal here in the chat, and he says Kyler is a huge problem. Quit making excuses for him. And I don't think anybody, especially on this set right now, and Johnny Venerable included, who's not here, he's in the chat. But thank you to all 300 plus of you that are watching this 350 large. Hit that like button. Uh, nobody's making excuses for Kyler Murray. I think that we're not oblivious to the fact that he comes with his own specific challenges is to your point, Saul. Mike, you, you have to find the right coach to challenge Kyler Murray and, and create a structured environment for him after pretty much being able to go at his own pace, work at his own, yeah. you know, work how he wanted to work. And, and that's just, it, it, it went as far as it could go, and then it took serious steps back. And now you have to get this thing back on track and kind of break him down a little bit. I mean, you spent some time in the military. I mean, that, that's a big thing. Kind of break some, break you down, especially I mean, work out the bad habits, right? <laughs> and then build you back up. We call it a, an emotionally significant event in the military. <laughs> okay. It's like when you first get off the bus <laughs> that to boot camp. serious, You got to reshape for that. We got to reshape the mind a little bit, right? <laughs> uh, which is fine. Like, and, and it's okay if Kyler gets a little tough love, but that tough love is going to come in July and August yeah. uh, when the, the cameras are on you and you got to figure out what each other's about. Like how far can you push somebody uh, to, 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 to their breaking point to find out what they'll tolerate and what they won't tolerate. And that's what the new coach is going to have to figure out with Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray is not broken by any stretch of the imagination, but he had a setback this year. He was not good this year. Right. Like, like nobody is saying that Kyler Murray was amazing and he would have been even more amazing if Cliff wasn't here. No, he was not very very good at all this year and he had some flaws and some bad habits that he started to develop mm -hmm. over the course of the last year and a half and mainly since that Packers game footwork all over the place right. couldn't he, he he's fading away on every single pass like there's just some small little things that he just refused to fix over the course of the year and I don't know how many times those things were getting pointed out in effort because I don't want to make him upset mm -hmm. I don't want to piss him off no that's your fucking job you got to do that and so, uh, so the development and the growth of Kyler Murray is going to come. I hope the coach is going to understand what they're getting into. Right. They understand what the what the you know what the uh, the, the perception of Kyler is, and they're going to have to navigate into that right. and, and figure out how to get the most out of him. And I listen. I'm going to have to. I have to have blind confidence that that's going to happen. Otherwise, I'm going to be the most miserable Cardinals fan in the world. <laughs> Just take that leap of faith with <laughs> Kyler to, Murray. You it's, got to, man. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's one thing to be critical of the player, right, and, and say, hey, he's got, he didn't play well or, and, you know, he needs to get back on track. But then it's like it's become a parody of itself. Like I think I saw one site had him up there with it was, it was like a Mount Rushmore of the, the current athletes. Who's the most hated athlete? And Kyler Murray was up there with like Kyrie Irving. I'm like, oh my God. I was astounded by that. That's crazy. That's crazy. Like how did it, it get that far from, oh, ha, ha, he plays video games to he's a piece of shit. And nobody likes it. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely blasphemous. Yeah, it, it really is because you cannot put those two players in the same category whatsoever. <laughs> right. We are talking about a literal uh, cancer to their team mm -hmm. versus somebody that is just viewed as either a prima donna or just tough to work with, mm -hmm. right? Um, but still, I mean, we're talking about a player that's now about to enter their fifth year in the league, mm -hmm. like. There, there's still things that they can work on, and there's a different voice that is needed in that. Yeah, locker room. not a finished product. And and we're not even just talking about organ, uh, uh, just Kyler. We, how many times have we heard like you know things, and we're going to get to Buda Baker in a little bit. Mm -hmm. He points this out. Yeah. About organizational kind of dysfunction. So why is that just on Kyler? Right. Aaron Rodgers is is, exactly. is toxic too. Right. But, but he, he has, he's got some hardware, yeah, right? Yeah, he's yeah. got a ring. He's got a couple MVP trophies, it. sure. Uh, and he proved to be, like, Kyler Murray absolutely kind of goes against the grain. He's unorthodox. He's a non-traditional-sized quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers had all those things going on for him until this year, very successful outside of, you know, home playoff games, right? Uh, let's get to the Super Chat real quick. Jason Krell, thank you for the 199. It seems like it's hard getting a coach. Thoughts? Yeah. It does seem the, the Cardinals make it look hard. And that's what I was telling Johnny, too. I felt like this was the organization under Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime. It's just like they didn't do or make anything look simple or easy. And the next leader of this team, and without having a coach right now, you're kind of rudderless. I like Monty Austin for it in the short few weeks he's been here. But 
it, it does st- still feel like everything's just way too damn hard. But Bo, like, okay, let's just let's just take it from the known to the unknown. Okay, mm-hmm. none of us know how what it feels like to be a GM. No, none of us know what it feels like to own an organization, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, I've been twice divorced. Okay, mm-hmm. and you know, having to go through, you know, having to go from wife <laughs> one to two. Okay, <laughs> you it's just not, got the ears of a lot the, of people. It's not, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. Where you kind of got to re, you got to retool this. this I can't no, wait to see. You got to retool the whole organization, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> you gotta you gotta make sure that that everything is. Uh, you know, you got to restructure things. Right. You got to find out what the other person's all mm-hmm. about, the way they like to the house to run. You know, right. the, the efficiency, and and that's basically what the Cardinals have done, right? With Michael Bidwell replacing Steve Kime with Monty Austin for it, mm-hmm. he's. He's got to move on. You got to find out how the house likes to be run and how efficient it's going to be, and and what Monty really looks for in a coach. And that's that takes some time. Right. It doesn't happen overnight. So and, and Monty's a new GM. Like that's yes. that's the, the other part of this equation. He's got so, two decades of experience, but this is he's a first time GM. Yeah. Yes. So you got to get your house in order, just like I had to get my house in order from wife one to two, and now two to three. <laughs> like, and this is it. He, he got us there. He, it was you, it was a long good. way, but from we the got known there. To the unknown, baby. Absolutely. Let's go. <laughs> you you got to find out what what your partner's all about, and you got to figure out what underdog fantasy is all about. It's unreal. I have changed my tune. I used to be like, I am in year long fantasy from the the start to the finish i'm looking at draft uh, you know standings like who's going to be what going even like at this point going in the next season that that does, that's over i'm in on daily fantasy because of what underdog fantasy does with its daily sports because it does it differently you can draft your team against five of your friends and the highest scoring squads for that night can get some cold hard cash baby draft six nba players no positional limits you can get whoever you want whoever you think's going to go off on a given night you don't have to worry about if they play point or if they're a forward or if they're a big man center no you can go positionless and you can draft whichever six best players you can get in your game with your friends personal experience i love doing the higher or lower uh, I mean, when I look at the Super Bowl, I'm already seeing some tasty Patrick Mahomes higher lowers, also some Jalen Hurts. you got to check it out. Check out the Underdog Fantasy app right now. Just you got something? Just you to know I'm undefeated in Underdog Fantasy, just so you all know. In the, in the drafts you've in done with your boys? hockey and football. Well, we did want to open up the season. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what type of shit show we were in, but we should have known with you went taking down that draft <laughs> against Shane and, and Johnny and myself. But look, it's easy to get started. Go to underdogfantasy.com, download the app, sign up with the promo code PHNX, and Underdog will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. It's like 100 free dollars to play around with. Get it now. Underdog Fantasy, use the promo code PHNX. Also, at some point it's going to happen. They're going to hire a coach, and he's going to need some furniture for his new pad. If it's Lou Amaruno, if it's Mike Kafka, he needs to hit up more furniture. I feel like those are two different pieces of furniture. <laughs> Lou, Lou's probably you want got, it, Lou's Is probably Kafka wants a, something you can get at the uh, at IKEA in Chandler? <laughs> Lou probably wants that nice <laughs> plush recliner that you know the sixty and seventy year olds like, and then uh, yeah, Kafka's probably got f- the. Did you feel that uh, plush leather on my Anarumo? It's very, it's it's nice. It is very comfortable. You got to check out everything that More Furniture has to offer, including that white glove delivery. You can be Karen. You can be as picky as you want. Say, mm, it doesn't fit there. I need it over here for the feng shui of my living room. And they won't even, they're not, they might roll your eyes behind your back, but it's okay. They're going to yeah. do what you say and you're going to be set up nice. Thanks to our friends at More Furniture and their white glove delivery. Save big on the best furniture in the valley when you head over to morefurniture.com okay we're going to get into the comments from the cardinal star buda baker but first i caught up with victor dumakeji the pass rusher second year pass rusher from the cardinals this is what uh victor dumakeji uh had to say out here on super bowl radio row radio row coverage continues phnx sports bo brock mike silver veteran nfl reporter he had the news on vance joseph out on the arizona cardinals head coaching gig mike what can you tell us about that well, yeah, I think a lot of people went into uh, this search, search believing that Vance Joseph would get strong consideration. He did have one interview, um, and he was told he's not going to make it through to the next round. Uh, a lot of teams have formally and informally expressed interest in him as a defensive coordinator. He remains under contract with the Cardinals, and the Cardinals are not letting him out. So it brings up you know, a possible scenario where 
say they hire a defensive-minded head coach who yeah. doesn't really want him as a coordinator, they don't align, uh, or even if they do go offense and Vance is not the choice, he could be left out in the cold having uh, – missed out on some potential opportunities. It's not an ideal state of affairs, yeah. especially with the overall uh, landscape of uh, hiring inequity in the NFL, but it, it is something that happens sometimes. As the Arizona Cardinals try to change the perception of this organization, it can't help how they're handling their defensive coordinator who's been there for a couple of years. He's under contract. Ted told us earlier this season that he's under contract signed an extension last year. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think it's a great look, but we should wait to see how it turns out because yeah. let's say they hire Mike Kafka. Mike Kafka keeps VJ and, uh, you know, it turns out to be a great relationship. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that if that scenario I mentioned where he is left out of the cold takes place, that's going to be unfortunate. And, and I think, you know, people around the league will look and say, did it really have to come to that? We saw something similar with the Jero Evero uh, in Denver. Mm -hmm. He talked to Sean Payton after Sean got the job. Uh, they ended up letting him out. He yeah. went to Carolina, so to Carolina. So uh, I, I would say, let's see how it plays out. And, you know, I guess the, you know, to clarify, he would still be under contract. So if Vance Joseph was not retained, he would still at least get paid. Sure. But, you know, coaches, they want to coach. Yeah. So. He's not heading to Thailand on a one-way trip <laughs> like uh, Cliff Kingsbury? Yeah, I think Cl uh, <laughs> Cliff might have set a new standard with the uh, the one-way ticket. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it is it is one of those things where we're, we're trying to get better as a league in terms of handling these situations, yeah. especially as it pertains to minorities. And, uh, you know, I'd like to see a, a system where this is avoided, but it is what it is right now. you got to check out his fantastic work. Mike Silver, Bally Sports, veteran NFL reporter. Silver, Silver of course, course broke the, the news, news about, about Vance, Vance Joseph, Joseph being in the Arizona Cardinals head coaching candidacy. Uh, he doesn't make his way. He's still, it's interesting, Saul, because he's under contract still. So when you look at the two candidates left, including Mike Kafka, you have a DC who's the incumbent. He he does he's not interviewing for any jobs. So he's not in the running for the head coaching position, but he could still be here come next season. He could be. Yeah. We don't know what kind of role, and it and it definitely depends on who is going to be calling the shots. Right. I could see a scenario where if Mike Kafka gets the job, then be and it, he could very well stay on. Is it the same though? I mean, like Cliff Kingsbury is like Cliff coaches the offense, Vance Joseph coaches the defense. Like the problem I have with that is. I wasn't that impressed with the defense. It was no. better than the offense, but it wasn't great, especially when we look at the overall numbers. It was one of the worst as far as points given up in a season. You know, Johnny Venerable put it out there why VJ shouldn't be in the running for the head coaching position, right? Obviously, you look at he was gifted two first-round picks. You know, it was continuously just uh, it, was, it was a battle to get young players on the field, right? Um, and then Buda Baker went to his defense. And it was interesting. Buda Baker talked at the Pro Bowl recently uh, to, to the NFL, NFL.com. And he mentioned a couple things that stood out. One I'll get to as far as that how plays to Vance Joseph potentially staying on with this staff. But he also mentioned, Saul, real quick, that he pretty much knew from the jump after the Arizona Cardinals were blown out by the Kansas City Chiefs in the season opener that it basically set the tone for the rest of the season, saying, quote, it showed who was prepared. Quote, I don't think we were prepared in the beginning, and that's when it all started And, and as far as what could have been. And basically the ship was sailed and sank uh, week one. I mean, that should tell you everything you need to know. Right. I mean, and, and you don't really know what Buddha's really alluding to, whether it's defensively or offensively or, or, or all of the above. Um, but the one thing that he is in control of is the defense. And uh, I'm going to sit here and say that, listen, as much of a catastrophe as you might think that this Cardinals coaching search has been, that should tell you everything you need to know about the opportunity that Vance Joseph was going to get or not get, like, or his interview, I should say. It must not have been very impressive if they right. were like, wait, listen, I'd rather go with these other candidates because this, this isn't it, right? right. And, and I think Vance Joseph is a nice guy. I think he comes across uh, very professional, mm -hmm. and I think his delivery is great. But as our DMVR peeps are over here kind of giving me the eyeball because <laughs> they've seen it, they've lived it, they've seen what that Vance Joseph life right. is like at, in Denver, um, I'm here to tell you that he was never going to be a candidate, mm -hmm. and he should have never been a candidate because of what we saw on the defensive side and really the lack of growth on the defensive side. It wasn't until this year where we actually saw fresh pieces 
is being put into the lineup and actually producing at a somewhat right. high level in my Jay Sanders and, and Cameron Thomas. Like, before that, it, w- it was like, damn, you know, uh, uh, Zayvon Collins would get 10 snaps a game sometimes. Right. You know, like, it just isn't good enough. No, it's not. It's, it was criminal still that Cameron Thomas and MyJ Sanders weren't averaging over 50% of the snaps at the end of the lost season. Mm-hmm. Like, you should have seen what they were getting. I don't care if that was putting junkyard dog Marcus Golden on the sidelines. I mean, you know what he is. At this point, you're yes. trying to see the best tape from these young guys and who you can move forward with, and you just didn't. There was a that whatever reason – they were reluctant to do it. Vance Joseph and Cliff Kingsbury, probably because they knew that they were tr- they were coaching for their jobs more so Cliff than VJ now in hindsight. But it, it just wasn't good enough. Uh, Buda Baker went on, made a couple more comments. This time, kind of towards the coaching search, he said, "Quote: My job is to just kind of wait on that and go from there." Quote, hopefully our whole defense isn't going to be taken away, but we know with the new head coaches, usually they bring in their people. And, you know, to him going at Johnny Venerable on Twitter saying, hey, you know, Vance Joseph, don't look at the stats, look at the tape. But, look, you look at the tape, they got their ass beat regardless. <laughs> like, it was just an ass kicking after ass kicking. They were 4-13. Statistically on it. Look at the tape. If I, if I look at the tape, there's one person out there that I see balls out every right. game. It's you, Buddha. Right. So that's why you want me to look at the tape. Everybody else was not very good. They had flashes here and there. J.J. Watt was solid right. all year. Mm-hmm. You know, and we just mentioned MyJ. And, and I thought Zayvon Collins and, and Isaiah Simmons showed flashes here and there. But overall, as a single unit, they just did not perform well at all. I, again, like I appreciate Buddha going to bat for his guys, sure, and, and wanting, uh, you know, and wanting them to stick around. But at the same time, this is a business, mm-hmm. uh, and and you got to perform at a high level if you want to keep your job. And Vance Joseph did not get enough out of this team for the last five years to keep his job. If he's coupled with a Lou Anarumo, I might think differently. Like if it's if it's a collaboration on the defensive side of the football, and, and Vance is because they've worked together, like. You mentioned that 2016 Dolphin staff. You had VJ, you had Anarumo, and and maybe it, that's the only way that forward that where this fan base isn't going to want to be like this is bullshit. Yeah. Like you told me, Bidwell on Black Monday that basically with the move of off of Cliff Kingsbury, you weren't going to accept medi- mediocre results. And moving forward with with Vance Joseph, despite his success in 2021, it was just brutal in 2022. And you've got two first-round picks. Now you're staring down Isaiah Simmons, his, his fifth-year option. you got to make a decision on that. Uh, I think you liked what you saw from Zayvon Collins, but you liked it, right? You didn't love it, right? You still yeah, want to see more it. from it, 16th overall pick. Um, Don't you feel like a, a, a different coach could unlock Zayvon Collins? Yeah. I feel like Zayvon Collins could be dominant yes. in the NFL. S- same thing with Isaiah Simmons. Yes. Like, and I just, I just never feel like the scheme – match the parts Mm-mm. and, and that's, the, that's my hang up with Vance Joseph is that I just never felt like whatever he was trying to do defensively just was not working very well it worked pretty well at the beginning of the season minus the Kansas City Chiefs game mm-hmm. like he, he had spots but it felt like for the most part once defensive kind of, kind of got a hold on what you were trying to do right. it was kind of easy sledding from there Another $5 super chat. Thank you, Soul Pancake, saying the Cards won the time of possession battle 10 times. The Cardinals offense ranks 21 points, 22 yards. Uh, as far as 21st in points, 22nd in yards. Defense had was 32nd in points and 21st in yards. We'll continue on here with the super chat. Thank you, Kenny Wilson. Two bucks. Zach Allen balled out. He absolutely did. did. He did. was one of the few guys when healthy, developed, and... I'll give VJ a little credit here, some flowers for it, but mostly I'll, I'll give Zach Allen's uh, development the credit to big old number 99, who he was basically yep. a shadow, yeah. his two-year tenure here. That's, what I, that's one of the things that I did take away from Hard Knocks is that how much those two were engaged with each other mm-hmm. and how much they communicated, and it gave you a really good feeling about the future of Zach Allen uh, for sure. And so, again, when we go back to this, you just want the Cardinals to make the right coach mm-hmm. higher. And it's not because Buda Baker's got his feels about, you know, players <laughs> or coaches. It's about what's best for this. Schematically, system-wise, what, what can we implement and how can we best utilize these players? And I think you need – if Lou Anarumo is that guy, then hire him. If he's not, 
you better hope that Mike Kafka has got a good plan in terms of who he wants that defensive coordinator because he is going to have to replace Vance Joseph. I don't think this fan base is going to want to go into this next season with Vance Joseph not being the head coach right. and also being the defensive coordinator. Right. No, 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 no. Just well, especially, complete overhaul. Especially if you're sitting there with the third overall pick and you're going to gift him another oh my gosh. just uber-talented prospect. Yeah. Could you imagine? <laughs> they. Yeah, I, 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 they draft Anderson third overall, right. and this dude's sitting the bench for half He's the game. He's playing 20% like, of the snaps. bro, I will throw this headset across <laughs> the field from the press box. Jalen Carter's out there, and he's not even active on, on week one or week two because <laughs> he's just not they're, ready. They're, they're, eh, we run a complex system right. here. Yeah, so it's I, too complex. Like, you can't bro, just get through two guys on the line. That's right. it. Yeah, we'd rather see some you know vet minimum, minimum veterans out there just get <laughs> overmatched by – it, it, it's ridiculous, and especially when you see like the, the the final four and how well coached those teams were, and how they were able to develop guys, and how guys from those you know drafted and developed into those organizations were making impacts. It, it's so frustrating, and like bringing a holdover from the previous regime, just kind of you you can't let go of what happened and what went wrong. It, yeah. It's just tough for the fan base, and and I can I can completely. Get I, I get that. It's it's frustrating. Uh, so Anarumo, Kafka. It, it it'd be fascinating. You know, I was talking to our guys from CHGO, and they 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 had some early interactions with Kafka because he was at Northwestern. He was a Northwestern quarterback. He started there. He was G, he was a GA, and they knew from the very jump. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy right that that can be a head coach, but okay. it's it's still got that. Cliff Kingsbury vibe where he's so unproven. Like, if, if it was any other situation, if it was any other coaching search, if you didn't, didn't just kind of go off of the, the nice up-and-coming offensive guru, I'd say go for it. Green light it. Let's do it. But coming off of it, it's just like, have we learned nothing? Well, and that's the thing is, like, when McVeigh was coming up, everybody used to talk about how crazy detailed he was. Like, there was just all these small little parts of him that you were just like you just knew he he's he's a phenom mm-hmm. like you just knew he was a phenom from his time at the Redskins to the Rams like you just knew he was a phenom here with Kafka you don't hear those things yet you don't hear like he's just he's just savvy he's he's got this unique work uh, attention to detail that that really elevates your squad like he's just a young up and coming coach well cool well there's like 80 of those right now in the NFL <laughs> like all right, right, how am I supposed to know this is the one? Right. That's that's the trepidation if you're the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one thing you can look at with Kafka, he's interviewed he interviewed with in four of the five openings. That that's interesting. That has to give you a little comfort as he's a finalist for the Arizona Cardinals job. Uh, producer Emma, we've got some more super chats out there. What are what are the people killing it in the chat with? So we have a dollar ninety nine from Sean Marks saying Saul speaking truth. Oh, thank you. That could have been at any moment during the show. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. Wh- I don't have any context on that, but yes, true. And then Jason with another dollar ninety nine super chat saying, "I wonder what these coaches think of Kyler's issues." Yeah, I mean, I would love to be in the room to hear that. That, that needs to be. That's got to be a big part of this process, for good or for bad. Like you just have to vet these candidates' opinion on Kyler Murray and, and what whether or not they feel like he's he's worth moving forward with. Because it, it's such an investment that they made two hundred thirty and a half million dollars, tons of guaranteed money. Uh, it, it's not something that you can't get out from under, you know, in a couple of years, but. It's it's definitely going to torpedo your chances of competing because it's a ton of cap money that you got tied up in Kyler. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that you know we, we are hoping to to find out this week here at, while we're at Super Bowl because there's going to be a ton of players, coaches, and executives walking around this building, and we're going to pull them to the side and find out like, hey, right. like what what's the real? What are you really hearing behind the scenes? For sure, I, I hope to get a little bit more insight on that because. The, the thing right now is we just don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know. You're the closest one that, that all these people that are watching this stream right now and all, everyone here um, has seen interact 
in terms of Kyler. You, you've mm-hmm. seen his actions behind closed doors, in the locker room, at the podium, mm-hmm. his mannerisms, all the little small details that go into a, an individual. Um, and you leave not really having the same impression as the public. For um, sure. And, and some of these people that are putting out stuff like, oh, well, they didn't take this because they're afraid of Kyler. Blah, right. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I just refuse to believe that you're going to turn down a head coaching position because of one toxic individual. Right. I've worked with toxic individuals before in my life. Mm-hmm. You figure out a way to get around them, and then you figure out a way to get rid of them. Right. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's, how it I, works. I, I've always gotten the sense that he's, he's a bit aloof. And sure, you don't want that from your quarterback, the leader of your team. You see Jalen Hurts. He's the polar opposite, even though he was uh, the predecessor to Hurts at Oklahoma. Like, they couldn't be any different as far as their leadership styles. A little aloof and a little bit introverted, right? Yeah. And, and a little bit more Gen Z than yeah. we've seen from the quarterback position. But I, I don't think that that's an indictment that he's an asshole and he's a he's a cancer to the locker room. One last super chat here before we get to the interview with Victor Dumakeji. Albert Breer from Jalen Blair said, Albert Breer had a column this morning that Monty Awesomefort has a relationship with Jonathan Gannon and that the Cards did a lot of work on Steichen. Uh, think they get interviews. And, you know, if you heard our interview with Ian Rappaport, he said there's really no true sense of urgency this week. So, yeah, why not revisit it once that those Eagles offensive and defensive coordinators become available? I'd love to see it. At this point, what the hell do you have to lose, you know, outside of maybe getting uh, a chance at a, at a top-tier coordinator? But with the jobs filling up and maybe the, the more impressive candidates gone, I mean, you're just gonna you're gonna have to really kind of get a six round draft pick type coordinator anyway, and hope that he he, he develops and and proves everybody wrong. Because a million percent, I'm telling you, I, I like it, you might as well at this point. Yeah. you know what I mean. You might as well find out what those dudes are all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, I think the Eagles, obviously with Nick Sirianni, uh, have done such a great job of really building their their offense and really their their entire team to meet the personnel that they have. Yeah. Um, Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. I don't think he's like out of this world awesome, but he's, he's saw very, him in person this year. But he saw that. Yeah, he's he's yeah. good. He's efficient. He's good, and he's great for that offense because they built that offense around him. Mm-hmm. Like they knew what they had in him last year. They learned from those mistakes. They built around him this year. I think if you get the right person in with Kyler, the same thing could happen. You could literally make that same jump yeah. that the Eagles did from two years ago to where they are right now in the Super Bowl with Kyler Murray if you approach this the right way with the personnel that you have. You, How many times this year did we talk about Trey McBride not barely getting any run? Right. He was inactive for some games. The did you see him opener. the last five yeah. games of the season? Right. You're like, oh, where's this dude been? Cliff didn't even know who he the fuck was midway <laughs> <laughs> through the season. That's all you need right. to know. Like. Again, I just think that whoever you get in here has to be a master of personnel, right. not a master of, I want you to run this my way all the time, right. because that doesn't necessarily fit all the time. And the great coaches adapt players to their style while they're adapting personnel to their, to their stuff. It, it has to be a nice blend of the two right. until everybody kind of feels comfortable in the system that they're in. It- if you watch Philly play at all this season, obviously the conference championship happened a couple of weeks ago. They were uh, their offense was electric. Their defense uh, ferocious. I mean, think about Will Anderson playing that Hassan Reddick role oh, in this man. defense, right? Yeah. If, if it's Jonathan Gannon, or you think about Steichen and what he was doing. I mean, when we were there at State Farm Stadium earlier this season, you you got there. Obviously, uh, game time app got you there. You were in, in the stands. You saw this simple offense, but the execution mm-hmm. was at at the highest level. Yeah. At yeah. the highest level, with great playmakers, including the one under center in the shotgun, and that that should get you excited. And that's why you know I would hope maybe they've either you know looked into interviewing these yeah. guys. Maybe they don't want to leave. You know, Gannon said after the conference championship, for good or bad, he's staying in Philly. But he hasn't faced a, a head coaching opportunity, and this could be one of them. You win the Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator. What's the benefit of staying in Philadelphia if know. you get another head coaching offer? Reaching the, re- reaching the coordinator mountaintop? Yeah, it yeah, doesn't make that, much sense. That's, that's it. That's the yeah. peak. Now yeah. you just sit there and wait for the next opportunity to come about. And for this fan base, to be able to hire the offensive coordinator for the Super Bowl champions or the Super Bowl runner-up, I think is something that will get the, the fan base a little bit more excited, considering they lost out on Peyton and now Flores. Right. And a lot of people saw Hurts and how he operated in that system. They're like, this would be perfect for Kyler Murray. And I agree with you. 
Uh, we talked to Victor Dumakeji, Arizona Cardinals backup pass rusher. He was out here on Radio Row today. Spent a couple minutes with him. Here's what Victor Dumakeji had to say. Victor Dumakeji joins us. Victor, your second season in the books. Are you kind of shocked? Like, you don't have a head coach just yet. Yeah, I mean, right now I'm just focused on, you know, getting back to training. And, um, you know, when the new head coach comes, you know, excited to meet him and get back to work. Talk about your second season in the league, logged 14 games. You had a monster preseason, man. Mm -hmm. How did you feel like it went from that monster preseason to obviously as a team, as a whole, things didn't go as planned? Yeah, um... You know, it wasn't the season that we wanted. Um, we had ups and downs, ups and downs. But um, I would say, you know, we guys stayed together. Um, we kept fighting, and um, the brotherhood really clicked um, towards the end of the season. You know, we kept fighting for each other. We kept playing for each other. And, um, you know, we just it didn't turn out the way we wanted to. But, you know, next year we're going to come back stronger. What does your offseason look like? You put in the work last year. How do you ramp things up? You start to tally up those sacks. Um, yeah, it's time to take it to the next level. Um, um, my biggest thing, you know, is just, you know, getting into the playbook when we do get a new playbook. Um, and, you know, just trusting the process, um, getting to work, knowing my, my weaknesses and knowing what I need to work on and coming back to athlete, being in the best shape and coming back to the best athlete I could possibly be. Let me ask you this as the coaching carousel continues. It feels so late in the game. Mm -hmm. Fan base is getting a little impatient, maybe a little concerned. But when you do, you do pay attention to it, do you look at some of these candidates and be like, mm, this might be good for Victor Dumakeji. You know, it could be great for the roster. And do, you, do you pay attention to who's, you know, being rumored to the Cardinals? I know for me, I just uh, control what I can't control that to the to the guys who handle that stuff and you know I just control what I could control work out uh, show up the best way I can be and try to help the team however way possible now you've got the group and the core in place moving forward which makes the job really attractive especially the young players on defense including yourself mm -hmm. uh, just talk about what you saw this year the development from yourself guys like Cameron Thomas mm -hmm. you got Majay Sanders who flashed mm -hmm. really talented pass rusher mm -hmm. what'd you see from the young guys including yourself um I saw guys who were hungry guys who want to win and um, you know guys like Cam, Majay, they came in ready to play. Um, great athletes, great players and um, you know I'm excited to take that next step with them, going to work with them each and every day. You know even guys like Marcus, you know Marcus, uh, he's still doing a great job. Um, that's a guy that uh, showed, like, helped me pave my way into the league. He helped me out as a rookie. So um, you know just as a unit, guys like Dennis Gardeck, all of us, you know we kind of uh, work off each other, you know benefit off each other and um, you know I'm excited to get back to work with them. The junkyard dog, there's not a nickname that goes harder on the team than that. Would you, are the, am I missing any? Um, Dennis Gardeck, the barbarian. The bu <laughs> yeah, I love that one right there. That explains it to right. a nutshell, yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. You, so you're working with Brendan Jordan, correct? Pass rush, you know, renowned. What, what's your offseason look like? How does he kind of get things, ramp things up for you guys? You do like the pass rush. Uh, it's like the tight end university, but you got the pass rush. Yeah. Something like you, that, yeah. But um, I usually start off at like House of Athletes in, uh, okay. in uh, Florida for a lot of the uh, Brandon Marshall spot. And then I end up with like, when it's time for my position training for Brandon Jordan, you know, he gets he gets the work done. You know, he's, his resume speaks for himself and yeah. he knows what he's doing. Let me ask you about the offensive side of the ball. Have you guys heard from Kyler Murray after he underwent the surgery. What do you know as far as his rehab goes? Um, you know, I just I just let Kyler, you know, focus on himself, focus on getting better. Um, he's doing better from what I believe, but, you know, I, I let him uh, do the talking on his injury. And, yeah. um, you know, I just hope he, he gets a speed of recovery and get back ready to work next year. Absolutely. Buda Baker showed out in the Pro Bowl last night. What did you see from your guy Buda last night? He's doing the same <laughs> thing he's always been doing. He's a playmaker. He's an athlete. Um, and you can see he's having fun out there. So, you know, he hit the gritty. I see that gritty looked terrible, but, you know, he hit it. And, uh, you know, it's exciting to see guys, you know, guys that you work up, work with every day, practice with every day, you know, go out there and, um, you know, in the, on the biggest stage and, uh, you know, have fun with it and do the same thing they always do. Speaking of having fun, you're having a blast out here on Radio Row, but we got a full week of things going on. The golf tournament's going on. Oh, what yeah. do you have planned this week? Um, I have a bunch of events uh, for the Super Bowl. Um, Thursday, I have to go to the Boys and Girls Club, you know, get back to the community. That's one of the biggest uh, things I'm excited for. But, you know, it's going to be a fun week. Um, a couple uh, NFLPA parties, yeah. you know, 
um, meet some guys. So I'm excited. It's going to be a fun week. I'm just trying to soak it all in. Soak it all in and show what Arizona's about, right? Nice. You're a transplant like so many of us to mm -hmm. kind of show this thing off, it's right? It's to be in. Yep, yeah, yep, No yep. doubt about it. Let me ask you, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, that's, pre that's pretty much it is what we got here with Victor Dumakeji here, of course, Arizona Cardinals pass rusher out here on Radio Row. His Blue Devils showed up this weekend, and he's going to show up in year three of his NFL career. Thanks, man. Appreciate you having me. One of the many things that you can do if you're just in town for the big game, go to Scottsdale and just hit up Octane Raceway in Maverick Sala. Got some friends in town. They're staying with us, and they're like, what are we going to do in the valley? Say, so we got to go to Scottsdale. We got to get on the track. We got. I got to beat your ass on the go-karts. <laughs> I got to just take you around there, beat you in pool, all the different games that they have at Octane and Mavericks and Scottsdale. Nothing beats it. Have an absolute blast there. The racing, the bowling, the arcade. You can't beat it. Today's Monday. That means you get $15 unlimited fun pass. Tough to beat there. 50% off taco trios tomorrow. Something for every day. Winning Wednesday. Half price arcade games all day long. And a big bucket Thursday. How about $20 beer buckets in Scottsdale on the racetrack. Bowling it up. And then Friday, trivia night, rotating drink specials from 8 to 10. I'll beat anybody, anybody's ass in trivia. And they got the Super Bowl whoa. packages. Yeah, whoa. I'll stand by those words. Okay. You might be a beast on the pickleball court, but trivia, that's, that's my <laughs> game. You can watch the big game at Mavericks. Dozens of 4K TVs, 20-foot Jumbotron, 5,000-square-foot restaurant featuring chef-curated menu, craft beers, and custom cocktails. Enjoy the Super Bowl experience at Mavericks. Check them out in Scottsdale, and check them out online, mavericks.com slash the big game. A couple of super chats before we get out of here. Jason Krell saying nothing like Cliff's screenplay 80 times a game. Let's go, baby. I agree. I live for those. Not going to miss that. The two finalists for this job, they don't have any of that in their, in their playbook, luckily. And then checking out the Red Sea Rises 602 in the chat. Thank you for the 199 super chat saying, so when are we hiring, hiring Lou Anarumo? Very good question. When's a hire going to happen? It's definitely not going to happen this week. Anarumo, he interviews on Friday, and I can't imagine the Arizona Cardinals are going to try to – they wouldn't, but the NFL would probably frown upon any news before their big game on Sunday. Uh, if it's earlier in the week, I, would, I think they'll be okay with it. But if you wait till like, Saturday or Sunday to break it, yeah, they're not going to want that to happen at all. So – I. It, I don't know what's gonna happen, bro. <laughs> I mean, what are we, what are we doing? You know what I mean? It, you, it's silly. <laughs> like it, it's absolutely insane, right? It, it actually does make me feel comfortable, though, that they're they're just methodically going through this process and not rushing into anything. Now, if dude sh shows up and and they go zero and seventeen next year, well, then what the yeah. hell were we doing? But I don't think that's gonna happen. We are just getting started here on Super Bowl Fifty Seven Radio Row here downtown Phoenix in the shadow of the PHNX Studios. Is I think this that's exactly what you thought it would be? Uh, and then some. And we got more and more coming your way this week. A huge guest. We had Rap Sheet on today. We had Victor Dumakeji, Mike Silver. Big thank you to all of them. Uh, we talked to Andy Agar. Had some hilarious things yeah, to say about was, the Cardinals. Hilarious. Those will be on our socials. Make sure you're following on Twitter and Instagram and all of the social mediums uh, at PHNX underscore sports, PHN underscore Cardinals, Saul Bookman, Bo Brock, Johnny Venerable. He's going to be out here with us tomorrow. Can't wait for it. Coverage coming from opening night tonight. You know, want to be following the PHNX underscore sports on YouTube as well. Subscribe. Get those alerts. Don't miss any of the content coming your way. Have a great rest of your Monday. Sometime the Cardinals will figure out who the hell their next head coach is. <laughs> it's just not now. See you.